Hey there, friend. You know, weight loss can be a pretty tricky subject, especially if you've already lost some weight and you're working on those last 10 to 15 pounds. It's definitely a different experience than when you're trying to lose the first 10 to 15 pounds. Lots of people have a whole lot of opinions, and it can feel pretty lonely to be working on those last few pounds by yourself. That's why I'm bringing back a beloved free training called Losing the Last 10 to 15 Pounds. We are going to talk about what losing those last pounds is, and more importantly, what it's not about. We'll bust through the myths, and we'll talk about what's really needed to lose those last 10 to 15 pounds. And finally, I'll share with you how to lose the last 10 to 15 pounds in a way that is loving and safe and healthy, and most importantly, a positive experience for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Tuesday, May 21st, 2024, once at 11 a.m. Central and the other at 7.30 p.m. Central. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a great time together. But if you can't make either of those times on that day, I'm not going to leave you hanging. We are offering several watch parties through the rest of the week and even on the following Saturday. So come and watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will definitely be worth your time. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash lose the last. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash L-O-S-E-T-H-E-L-A-S-T. Now, please enjoy the show. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, MD, episode number 214. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Master Certified Life and Weight Loss Coach, Katrina Ubell, MD. This is the podcast where busy doctors like you come to learn how to lose weight for the last time by harnessing the power of your mind. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Well, welcome back, my friend. And if you're new, welcome to this episode. I'm so glad that you're here today. I have a really great weight loss success story for you that I can't wait to share And it's going to be so fun to share. One of our doctors in the UK who has had immense success in our program. So great. Okay. So I want to tell you about Louise Allen. She is an amazing general practitioner in England. She is such a lovely, lovely person. I have to tell you, one of the most fun things for me has been seeing my work just kind of project out into various corners of the world. It's already amazing to feel like you're making a difference in your own personal country and in North America, but then to start seeing people in other areas of the world also resonating is amazing. (laughs) What I've learned is that some of the terminology in the UK for doctors is different. Like we talk about being residents and things like that. They don't use that. Attending physician, they don't use that. They don't call themselves physicians even. They call themselves doctors. (laughs) There's definitely some differences. But Lou has said, has told me that it's really not a big deal and she was able to figure it out pretty quickly. So that is one of those things that you just don't even think about that not everybody uses the same language. So anyway, so Lou is amazing. She is just such a, a lovely, lovely person, has a great, interesting story about how she struggled with her weight. And she has been someone who's also just continued to persist and keep moving. And she has gotten to her goal weight. And she is 
yeah, learning maintenance now, which is, of course, the next step, <laughs> right? Losing the weight is the super fun part. And then we learn how to maintain it, which in a lot of ways is different, but in a lot of ways is also the same. So anyway, I want you to enjoy my conversation with Lou. She is just such a delightful, lovely human being. I can't wait to share her with you. And so please enjoy. And hopefully you can join me tonight on that free training. And if not, then hopefully I'll see you on one soon. Have a great rest of your week and I'll catch you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Lou Allen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Welcome. I'm so good to be here. Really excited. I am super excited to talk to you because I think that it's easy for us to think that it's, you know, different being a doctor somewhere else in the world. And then we come to find out that we're all struggling with the same things, right? Absolutely. And and that's been amazing, actually, because same thing from the, from the UK, you hear the perspective of what the American doctors are like, and they must all have their act together. And then having met all these women, you're just like, oh, they're the same. They, they have the same issues, the same, same ups issues. and downs. And exactly. Worries. And our Canadian friends as well. And we have some doctors from uh, other places in the world too. And it's like, we're all dealing with the same, same things. It's been so yeah. great. So, so let's start by having you just introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm, I'm Lou. I'm a GP in the UK. I'm 44. I have two children, George and Katie, 15 and nearly 14. I trained in London and I've been a GP now for about 17 years. And I guess a GP in the UK, similar to a family physician, I I guess. Family medicine, I think is probably what we would say. Yeah. Yeah. So to have the same juggles and struggles and, you know, career and marriage and kids and ups and downs as, as everybody and trying to work it all out. Same as same as we all are. Same as we all are. I love it. I love it. So you started off your life with weight struggles early, early on, it sounds like. Yeah. So I can remember being back at school and, and being in, in class. I must have been about six or seven and just being conscious that I was bigger and heavier than other people and doing the class thing where we all had to line up and, and you all got your, your height measured and your weight measured and, and just the utter shame and mortification that, oh, you're the heaviest in the class, you know. And I was one of the taller ones too, but that didn't seem to sort of matter. And just always being a bit conscious of that, but loving food. And it was, it was always, you know, I never had a problem clearing my plate. I used to go to friends' houses and they'd say, why can't you be like Louise and finish everything on the plate? And I used to look at my friends and think, why would you not want to finish everything on your plate? It's a little mystery to me how anybody would not want to, to just eat everything. And, and yeah, it sort of carried on, on like that. And I think I was 10 when, when my mum actually took me to Weight Watchers because I think she was a bit concerned about, about the weight. And so that's where I guess it all started because it, it did, I did really well. And the first week I went back and all the ladies there were like, oh, you've lost five pounds, aren't you, aren't you amazing? And that was like such a nice feeling. And you got that sort of you know, buzz from, from that. Well, I wonder if it also solidified for you so early on, like being smaller is good, good yeah. being heavy is bad, right? Yeah. And so you get all this praise when you're smaller. And then of course, when you gain the weight back, right? Then you, you know, get to think terrible thoughts about yourself. <laughs> yeah, so definitely so carried on on like that. And I, I, I did like that that feeling, but didn't, but didn't really address any of the sort of the underlying why it happened. As a teenager, I was very, I used to, my favorite pastime was, was getting my pocket money, buying a book 
taking it up to my room with a bag of sweets and just being left to my own devices, peace and quiet, munching my sweets and, and reading my book. And, and that was just, that was bliss as, as a teenager. So, yeah. so you really were associating food with like all of the best things, right? Yeah. Sugar is part of that. Yeah. yeah. And you also had mentioned that you had conflicting messages growing up about your weight and about eating. I think I know I did. And I would just let, I know so many people also have just with this idea of like, you should be thinner, but also let me reward you or treat you with food. You know, it's the, 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 the usual, don't be greedy. Don't ask for, you know, seconds. Don't you think you've had enough? versus if you did do something really good it was rewarded with shall we get a takeaway or come to the shops with me because uh, with my mom she's like we'll, we'll have a chocolate bar at the end you know to to make mm-hmm. it make it nice or treat day it was always about having a coffee and cake or, or drinking a mm-hmm. cake and, and lunch out and, and things like that but and it was also that that they were from the, the generation whereas you know don't waste food you know you eat everything yes. that's on your plate and if you don't eat it all, there is no pudding. But, but then there's that, that conflict of, you know, well, but if you're full, you know, why would you want pudding or should you, you know, or if right. I'm going to have pudding, maybe I shouldn't eat everything on that. But no, it was very much, you know, don't waste and you, you can't have that if you haven't eaten all of all of this. Right. Sort of thing right. As well. And pudding in the UK is what we call dessert. Dessert, yes. Correct. Okay. Okay. Just in case, because we also have pudding. <laughs> so just, so that, <laughs> but our pudding is different than what you call pudding. So yes, yes. Yeah. I can identify with that too, with this idea of like, well, I want to have a treat at the end or I want some sort of dessert. So I'll stuff myself in eating, overeating what the main meal is so that I can have that rather yeah. than learning to stop. Yeah. At a, at a normal amount of food. Totally. Totally. And then your parents, divorced also when you're a teen, right? Yeah, yeah. So I had that had that going on, which when when they did actually do it, it was quite a relief. Oh, but there yeah. was a lot of a lot of stuff going going on around at that time. My dad had become a Jehovah's Witness and my mum was like, I don't really want to choose to be married to to him now because the beliefs were so different. Mm. So had had a had a lot of that going on. It wasn't particularly amicable a lot of the time. So there was a lot of a lot of stress which is probably why I liked disappearing up to my room with my bag of sweets and my book. Right. It was, it, yeah, it was my, that was just pleasurable and, and could forget about everything else. And it was just good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think is so interesting is how you decided early on that you wanted to be a doctor with nobody in the family even going off to university or anything. Like you just got this in your head and you never wavered from it. This is just the power of belief. Let's speak about this Absolutely. just for a moment. So I'm first person in my my family to have gone to university. So neither parents had. Um, I always liked schools, quite quite good at school. And I can remember watching watching a program with my mom. It was a medical program, and saying that I thought I wanted to be a nurse. And my mom sort of looking at me, she's going, "Well, why a nurse? Why not a doctor?" And I was like, "Oh, maybe you know. Mm-hmm. Do you think I could do that?" And my mom, you know, she was my champion, and uh, she was like, "Absolutely, if you want to do that, you could do that." And I must have been like nine nine or some eight or nine and it just something just that was it I was that was I was going to do that and I never changed my mind it never waved I can remember being in a class assembly at school and somebody the head teacher saying anybody here want to be a doctor and I can remember putting my hands up I must have been been about 10 then and it was I mean for that it was just amazing I had no doubt that I wasn't ever going to get there I wasn't going to do it 
I worked hard. I wasn't naturally, uh, I mean, enjoyed school, but apparently my mum went to parents' evening and my chemistry teacher told her, don't tell Louise this, but I don't think she's going to get the grades. I don't think she's going to do it, but don't tell her that. We'll we'll do what we can. We'll, we'll encourage her and everything. And my mum came home from this parents' evening saying, oh yeah, you can do it. It's going to take a lot of work, but your teacher <laughs> Yeah, of course I'm going to do it. Of course I'm going to do it. And um, it wasn't until I actually got my grades and got my place at medical school that my mom said, actually, it was the worst night of my life. They they kind of just said, yeah. I don't think you're going you're gonna to do it. In the UK, that's determined at the end of high school? Like that you're uh, going off to... When is yeah, that determined? 18. Yeah, 18. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. That was that. And, and even at medical school... It was hard and I i mean, I failed anatomy at the end of the first year, which in many ways was the best thing that ever happened because I never failed a test after that. It was so, oh my goodness, so, you know, mm. this is this is not how it, it's supposed to go. Because you still but, have that belief. You're like, wait, I'm not the person who fails out of medical school. I'm the one who gets through it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I love that. That's just the power of belief, right? You just decided like, this is what I'm going to do. I just think it's important, right? Because when we recognize that we've, unwaveringly believed something and then created it, we can realize like there's other big goals that can seem really impossible that we can also decide to believe and accomplish, i.e. weight loss permanently, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. so good. Yeah, it, wasn't, it just didn't occur to me that it wasn't going to happen. And it, it was, I used to, I used to imagine what it was going to be like when I got my white coat and my bleep and, and what it was all, yeah. Yeah. Like. Oh my gosh. Is that what, is a bleep what you guys call a pager? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah that's so cute. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. So you were, you were gaining and losing. It sounds like then, right? Like you gain some weight and then lose it again. I, I can remember buying a skirt cause it was a bit of a trauma getting uniform to fit. So I think it was, I know it was a size 18 UK. So I think that's a 14 US mm-hmm. maybe. But, yeah. Uh, somewhere around there. Yeah. Certainly big for a, a 13 year old girl. Yeah. And then I think various things, you know, I always remember the, the whole sort of Weight Watchers thing where, well, if I eat certain foods and if I count this out and if I do this, then I know I, I might lose weight. So I went through phases where I'd like quite restricted. We we have, I don't know, do you have Ribita? It's like a, a bran biscuit. Oh, yes. It's thing. like kind of like eating cardboard. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have that for my lunch with, the, you know, and the Diet Coke. And I did, you know, I did lose quite a bit. And I think hormones kicked in a bit as well. And I grew a bit and I, I lost a load of weight. And that was really good. Loads of kudos and praise and could go and shop in, in normal shops. And that was great. But then, you know, exam stress, parents splitting up, life happens and it's not sustainable. And you go back to the old habits and the, the bags of sweets. And by the time I sort of finished school to go to uni, it, it crept back on again. Mm-hmm. I definitely get my energy from being on my own sometimes. I need my own space. So going to off to uni, never having had anybody in the family do it. So I've got nobody sort of saying this is this is how it goes. I, I did find it quite difficult to begin, to begin with sort of meeting people. And, you know, everything's about food and drink when you start as well. Let's go out for dinner. Let's go for drinks. Like, you know, it's very, very social thing. So that was part of it. But I do remember in my first year at uni, one of my classmates saying to me, well, Lou, it would be a lot easier to learn surface anatomy if you could actually see your bony landmarks. <laughs> Just being absolutely mortified that, oh God, yeah. I'm, so, 
I'm so fat that I can't even, you know, find my, mm-hmm. my clavicles or insertion or, right. you know, points yes. and muscles and things. So, so yeah, so the same thing happened through uni, second year uni, decided I was going to do something about it, went to the gym loads, lost mm-hmm. loads of weight, did Weight Watchers again. It's been that yo-yo up and down. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so you met your husband then yes. too, right? Yeah. And then... Did you guys eat together? Our first proper date, he took me out for, for quite an ex- expensive meal. And I was trying to be ever so ladylike and polite. And you know, I eat like a mouse, you know, really. I'm not not a greedy, you know. And he looked at me when I declined dessert and said, what do you mean? That doesn't everybody got a second pudding stomach? And I think at that point, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to marry you. You're... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of our life was was about eating and, and drinking and socialising. That's totally what we did for, for a long time. He gained a load of weight as, as well. And then we got married. And so you had that whole, I'm not going to be the fat bride. I'm going to lose weight. That was my compelling reason. And I did lose a load of weight for my wedding. And almost a year to the day after getting married, I, I gave birth to George, my son. Yeah. And uh, I ate for sort of three or four during the pregnancy rather than the one or two that I should have been. <laughs> and, you know, 18 months later, Katie arrived and then you've got two children. I'm trying to, you know, work, juggle it all. Yeah, it was yeah. so it was unsurprising that I had no other way of sort of dealing with it. The, the, right. the way it went up, up, up again. Yeah. Yeah. The old way, right? That that it always was. Yeah. You also lost, did you say your husband lost a hundred pounds? Yeah. So he, yeah. he he had got really, really overweight and it came up with an insurance that he was really worried that he was going to fail this in insurance medical because he had high blood pressure. And he actually did scare himself because he, he developed sleep apnea as well. Oh, sure. And it got given this CPAP machine. And I think that was it. He was just like, this is not, not happening. So he ended up doing something a very low calorie diet. So it was four food packs a day, 600 calories. So I ended up doing that with him as sort of a light version where I had a small meal. And so he lost seven stones, so about, about 100 pounds. And I lost nearly three stone, which is about, I suppose, 42 pounds. Mm. And it was great while we did it. And I did learn a lot through that because I learned that, you know, I can, I can, certainly not eat between meals and I can not snack and so it did teach me a lot of skills I can I can cook something for the kids without having to lick the spoon so I you know it did learn I did learn a lot through that but once she came off the food packs it was yeah. just like but you know there's no yeah. didn't really understand why or how to change that you know what you need to eat healthy but just that whole you know, comfort eating or managing it and, and everything just didn't didn't happen. So mm-hmm. he's managed really well in the sense that he's not put all the weight back on. So he's one of those percentage that haven't, but he's still very much he's he still goes back to that and that's his his way of managing it. Mm-hmm. And I've just got to a point where I'm like, I, I don't I just want to eat real food. This for me, yeah. this, this isn't a sustainable way of managing my weight for the next 20, 30, 40 yeah. years. Rest of your life, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. And I need, I just got to a place where I needed to do something different. And I think I'd, I'd had a, a period at work where I'd got very anxious and very stressed and ended up taking nearly six months out of the practice before working back in full time again. 
with sort of burnout, I guess, is is what what you'd call it. That combined, you know, I, I did have some some help during that time from a psychologist who was very much, you know, you have a choice, you, your thoughts, you don't have to believe them. You know, you can think anxious thoughts, but you don't have to fuse with them and you don't have to believe it. And I think that was the beginning as well of, of sort of thinking, well, okay, you know, there, there's a different way. And then during that, that sort of period, I'd started sort of fiddling a bit with intermittent fasting and when I went back to work, one of my colleagues was just like, wow, you, what have you been doing? Because I, I had lost quite a bit of weight because I'd, I'd made this decision while I'm off. I'm going to try and because I put loads of weight on again during that time because of yeah. comfort eating. And she she sort of started with with a bit of fasting as well. And she set up a Facebook group for Dr. Mums for f- fasting. So that that's been great. They're a great community in the UK. And it was through that Facebook group that I heard about your podcast. So we were we were sort of listening to different podcasts and recommending them. Somebody said, Oh, have you heard of you know Katrina Ubel Ubel? And I listened to it and it was just like the whole Oh yeah, this is exactly what John might the psychology your thoughts control your feelings. You don't, you know, <laughs> it's not a fact. It's and it it just it just all ah made this makes sense. This this woman has something to say that I need to listen to. It, yeah, it really resonated. Awesome. Awesome. So then how long was it that you listened to the podcast before you signed up for the Weight Loss for Doctors Only program? No, actually, it was quite a while. I think I hovered over the button to join the group uh, more, more than one occasion. So I think it was about two years before I actually did the group because I kept thinking I can do this without the class. I, I can do this without being part of the program. And I'm a great consumer. I love listening to podcasts, but it's, it's you know, I don't think I ever actually did a pro- proper thought download before joining the program. It was like, yeah. oh, I'm doing it in my head. It's it's fine. And, you know, I know about fasting and I can do that. Honestly, really, do I need to do no sugar, no flour? You know, because you know, as long as I'm just really careful in my, you know, eating window and I have a clean fast, it, it'll be fine. And the great thing with that for me was it it works really well when I'm doing it. But as soon as anything comes up or you go on holiday or life's a bit stressy, it just goes off, off the boil. And it just felt so hard then getting back into it because I was doing sort of 20 hour fasts, mostly with one meal a day. And then just going mad in in that meal because I was like, I have to get it all in. Basically, uh, like a planned binge, right? It's like it's well, like you allow yourself to binge. Essentially, that's what a lot of people do with that kind of plan. Yeah, because it wasn't about what I was eating in the window. It was just about the timing of the window, and it was just a way of controlling. I guess. What I decided put you over to- the edge. Then, yeah, two two years. Like, what finally was the, the I, final? I, during this time, I'd, 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 so having listened to your podcast, I I decided that once I'd gone back to work, I thought I don't want to be in this practice, not because they weren't lovely, just I can't see me doing this for the next 20 years. And I'd listened to your podcast and it's like saying, make sure you love your job before you leave it. And so I was like, right, I'm going to give myself a year and I'm going to give it everything and I'm going to work, try different things and see how it goes. And if at the end of the year, I still feel that I want to leave, then that's okay. It, I can leave. Yeah. And I did. And so I decided I was just going to locum for a bit. And I have family in Australia. And I was like, well, this is great because I'm going to take the summer off with the kids and I'm going to go to Australia. And I went to Australia and I had a fabulous time, a fabulous time. 
but came back somewhat heavier than than I left mm. the UK. So a bit of extra baggage. And mm. then it was just on this upward trajectory, which I, I've noticed looking looking back that I tend to sort of some holidays were, were were really bad. And then it was a real struggle to figure out what to do before Christmas. And then it used to just be, oh well, stuff it, I'll sort it out in January. You know, let's just yeah. get it in January. And I could just see this happening again last year. This is going mad. Mm. And I was like, it's time to do something different. So yeah. I signed up in October for the January course because I was mm. just like, this, what have I got to lose? This has right. got to be where I drive. This got, you yeah. know. So. Well, you start noticing patterns of, for yourself, right? You're like, I've done this and I've done this. And then I'm still dealing with my same. stress or the same, the same, you know, the holidays, exactly things like that. And then I'm still, I'm still overeating when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. And totally coincidentally, one of the other admins for the Facebook group, Claudia, yeah, signed off on the same day, but we didn't know. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> so that's so fun. Yes. I was like, I've done it. I've done it. And she's like, oh, so have I. Oh, <laughs> so, yay. <laughs> so you came in and it wasn't like, I just think this is really good because I think some people think that like the people who have success come into the program and are immediately like, great, I love every part of this. All of it's amazing. (laughs) I'm going to do all of it fully. And that wasn't totally your experience. Yet you still got great results and it's totally changed your life. So let's talk about that. I think especially for me, the no sugar, no flour, I was really didn't want to do, but I was a bit, okay, I'm I'm going to give this give this a go. I've paid this money to do it. I might as well actually, <laughs> actually do it. So and having having done some fasting before that that wasn't so bad. But other other bits of the program are just like thought downloads. I still was like, what what is a thought download? Why do I have to do it? It's <laughs> is it really gonna be I, it's in my head. I, I don't need to write this down. I've been in in Waldo for six months and I'm in master's now. And it was really being in master's and having the accountability group. We set ourselves a challenge of doing one every day, even if it was just for three minutes to do it. And, oh, my God, this is like three months ago. I was like, why did I not do this before? This is just a game changer. It's just... And now if I don't do it, it's, oh, I've not done it today. It's it's not right. And, and, you know... It's, it's really noticeable or oh, there's usually it's an mm, what's going on because you haven't done it something's something's going mm. on for you what what's what is that and it's so interesting and sometimes it's just utter nonsense and there's there's nothing terribly interesting in there and other times it's, it's really juicy and you're like oh right <laughs> well I, I love it when I'm like oh my gosh I had no idea that was in there you know it's like so fun to find out what do I really think you know Get to know yourself on that deeper level. And then you also like in, in coming up with your own eating protocol, because, you know, in the program, you don't get handed just your like eat this way. You create it yourself and with obviously with our assistance, but, but you create it yourself. And there's a reason for that because when it, you've created it yourself, you can change it in the future and you're not rebelling against somebody else, but you didn't like that. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was just like, I've paid this money, just tell me what to do and I will do it. And so I think that's probably why I like the no sugar, no flour, because it's like, mm. that's a simple instruction and I can follow yes. that. And I yes. will get my A plus and I can, I can do that. Yes. And then when you're just like, well, you know, what do you think? Do you want that on your protocol? As long as you like your reasons, you know, and you're like, what do you mean? <laughs> well, I like 
And I suppose the other thing that was a little bit off to me was having done the one meal a day for a while, I was really scared about doing two meals. And um, mm-hmm. I've Naturally, as a teenager, I never was a breakfast person. It was a, you know, as old as the important meal of the day, but I used to feel like I was shoveling it down and felt a bit sick. So not having breakfast is no no biggie for me. I was much happier to do that. But introducing back in sort of a lunchtime meal, I was really like, I'm not sure about this. How How is that going to work? And I'm not going to gain weight. That has been really good because it's, you know, I have a I have a salad, you know, protein fat lunch and then I have, you know, a hot meal. And that's stopped me much better at not overeating now because of that. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that I was really not happy about was what is this planning in advance? You know, how do I know what I'm going to want to eat on any set day? And I just, in ringing in your bell, in, in my ear, is, is, is this, I'm saying, well, you're not going to want to eat it all the time, but you're going to eat it anyway, because that's what you said you're going to eat. And I can be thinking, oh, you know, <laughs> your name was, <laughs> I know, I don't want, and I was like, actually, I was quite nice. I didn't really fancy it, but I was good. And, <laughs> and um, COVID has actually, in, in many ways, been really helpful because I used to do all the food shopping and I never used to write a list because it's all in my head and I don't need to write it down, a bit like thought downloading. My husband's been working from home since March and particularly when we have very tight lockdown. And he was like, please, can I go and do the grocery shop? Because that means I get to leave the house. Oh, right. I was going out to work every day. And he's like, but I need a list. I was like, oh, crikey, you need a list. (laughs) It made me sit down and actually plan what we were all having for the week and what, how many bags of veg we're going to need and how much of this, Mm -hmm. that, and the other. I was like, well, I've written the list now. So that's what we're going to have because we're only really allowed out once a week for the food shop. So that was that. And I was like, I'm never going back. It's just so much easier. The... Mm -hmm. It's so weird when you say that constraint is freeing. It really is because I don't have all that food chatter. I don't have that time wasted. It's just that's what's on the menu plan. That's what we're having. And, you know, yes, occasionally you need a plan B or a plan C when one of the teenagers with hollow legs has eaten what you have planned. (laughs) But that's fine. You sort of, you you know, got the tools now to sort of know what what to do about that. And it's no drama and it's not like a, oh, panic, panic. It's, Mm -hmm. it's. Just, just so easy. Just figure it out. Now, let me ask you this though. I'm just curious. I think there are people who come into the program and they have the same thoughts as you. They have resistance, which is totally normal, right? Like, of course, our brains are going to resist this. They're like, listen, what we've got is a good thing. Sure. You think you're too heavy, but forget that part. How else are we going to cope with life if you aren't overeating? So of course we're going to have resistance, but there are people who then believe all their stories about like, this is nonsense. This doesn't make sense. I'm not going to do this. And of course, then they don't get results. I'm curious why you, even though you had those thoughts of resistance, decided to keep going and to try things. I think a lot of it is that the, because of the coaching that you get in the program as well, you kind of, it's like, well, let's see, there's an experiment, you know, I've got so fed up with how things were before and it, it had to be worth a try doing something different and, and thinking, well, okay, let's give this a go and see, see if it, if it works because really you know what's the alternative and maybe maybe it will work and then you start sort of seeing results and that sort of belief becomes a bit stronger and I think as well it's not a linear sort of you have bits where you know the weight loss is slower and you sort of think well why you know why is this happening and trying to get to head to a place where the scale is neutral is is 
is interesting and I would say it's not a bright color anymore but it's not it's more pastel it's definitely not quite neutral (laughs) but you know I think as well it's sort of thinking purposefully I was having real trouble with the scale and Lynn was like well decide how you're going to feel before you get on the scale I was like you you what you know what what were you talking about and the sort of thing right well if it's if it's gone up that's just useful data and if it's gone down then that's that's fine too and if it stayed the same you know how how you know and then when you get on the scale and you see the number it is it is just a number and that's data and and weighing every day is so important because you do realize that actually there's so much sort of fluctuation and you know if I only did it once a week I'd probably be sort of really panicking about things because it's you know sometimes a week apart it can't look very different but you've seen that in yes. the middle it, 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 there's been a bit of a dip and it's, right. it's just not natural it's sort of come back up a bit and I mean people laugh at me now with, with taking my travel scales I mean I'm, I look, people I, I go with now they just know all mm-hmm. oh, right although I, I did have a bit of a, an interesting time last weekend I went away because the travel scales the battery had run out and it said I was 30 pounds lighter well that was <laughs> Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Well, I I love what you're saying, though, you know, because I'll be honest, I've I've had the exact same experience where my brain is like, this isn't going to work. This is stupid. Like all doubts, like this doesn't make any sense. But I think the reason that I get the results that I get personally is because I'm willing to at least try it. I'm like, well, I'm willing to be wrong. I mean, I think I'm right, but maybe I'm wrong. So I guess I'll try it and see. And then, you know, it's so pleasantly surprising when you try it and you end up actually loving it. And it ends up totally changing your life, right? It's kind of like, I mean, sometimes I just think, well, you know, if I'm the expert, I'm going to think, you know, so fondly about the way I think I should do it, yet I don't do that. Then that's (laughs) not working. Like I said, I still have to find something, right? (laughs) That actually is going to work. It's actually going to create those results that I want. So I love that. Okay. I also found that there is not one size that fits all. And I think what works for me and what I eat works for me at the moment but it probably wouldn't work for for everybody and I think I genuinely think having sort of having read the obesity code and then started reading more widely around it that that there isn't you know some people will do better with uh, more carbs and some people will do better with less and you know my lifestyle is like this it works at the moment with the hours that I'm doing but but it's took me a long time to sort of get rid of that you know why can't you just tell me what to do Right, right, right. And it's, I think that's, it's so good when you can finally get to that place of recognizing, you know what, like, the reason I love eating this way so much is because I created it. Right? Like in the beginning, when we're like, just tell me what to do. It's just because we're, you know, kind of an emotional childhood, right? We're like, I don't want to have to put the hard work in someone else do it for me. Someone push me around in the stroller. That's what I think of for myself. You know, I'm like, I don't want to walk. Someone push me. (laughs) But then you realize, you know, it's so much better to do it yeah. yourself. And then, you know, your, if your schedule changes or whatever changes, you're like, great, I don't need someone to tell me what to do. I can do that on my own. And not to be in a hurry. Not to be in a hurry. I know, right? That's like <laughs> sometimes the hardest part. So you have lost 32 pounds? Yeah, it's gone up a bit now, 34 now. I'm getting there, I'm inching there. <laughs> so good, so good. So how many more pounds do you want to lose? So I think I've got five left to go to get to that I'm mid. To go. Okay. Mid- yeah, to that goal. It's taking its time, but that's yeah. fine. I'm it's exactly the way it should be. Because <laughs> think of all that work that you're doing mentally and emotionally to get yourself there. So I think every other time I've tried anything, it's always been with the aim of getting to a BMI 24.9. 
you yeah. know, past the normal. That's it. I can stop now. And so, and I think that was my initial goal when I started this. Was like that. That's where I want to be. And then you sort of think, well, actually, maybe a mid BMI would be a good place to be for for so many reasons, health reasons, and mm-hmm. and just let's see if you can get there. And and yeah, and, and I abs- I really yeah. absolutely believe I will, but it yeah. might take. Yeah, and that's okay. That's totally okay. So as far as the work that you've done in the program, you know, so weight loss directors only and for masters, you've worked on all kinds of different things, relationships, confidence Mm -hmm. at work, people pleasing less, your relationship with yourself, loving yourself, where to surround your thoughts, things like that. Any big takeaways from that that you could share? When you start the program, it's all about the weight loss. And I can't remember. I mean, I think I might have asked something recently of just a bit about, you know, the hunger scale, because I think that's what I really need to, to tune into properly to get the last few pounds up. But actually, the, the rest of the coaching has been nothing to do with, with the weight loss at all. It's just mm-hmm. the stuff at work, stuff, relationships with, you know, my husband, my kids, my in-laws. Um this has happened or you know this is my relationship with alcohol or you know this is how I watch it it's nothing I would say the the amount of questions about and for the coaching about the weight loss is after the first month it's kind of negligible it's just so much more than that and it's mm-hmm. why and it's not because we don't want to talk about food anymore it's because we realize when you stop overeating, you're like, oh, these are my real problems. This is what I actually need help with. I just didn't realize. I thought I just liked food. I thought I just liked sweets or potato chips or whatever it was. And you realize it's not that at all. No. And I say there is so much stuff that it's still to work through and still to do. And, and that's fine. It, you know, it's I've learning these skills and I'll be able to do it, do it for for life. And I it's just so much more <laughs> than just right. the weight loss. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And then as far as just being in the UK and being in the program, it hasn't really been a problem, right? Not at all. So it's, you know, it felt like a little bit of a gamble at the start because you have like, you know, culturally, is it going to be a good fit? And time-wise, you know, the will it work? But most of the call, I mean, there's such a variation in call times. So I think the only, there's only Sarah's that, that I struggle to get to because they're about two o'clock in the morning UK time. <laughs> Everything's recorded. So you can go back and, and watch it anyway. So it's never, ever really felt like it's been a problem. And you get one-to-one coaching and they're, they're all at times as weekends, evening UK time. The written coaching is is fantastic. And again, I found that a little bit tricky to start with, I was kept thinking, well, what if I ask the wrong thing? And then you soon realize that there is no such thing as right. the wrong class. And the written coaching is brilliant. There's just so many resources. And then with masters, the sort of the, the community side of it is, is really good as well. And getting to know some other amazing women that have their own sort of struggles and things and sort of really encouraging each other and keeping keeping it going has been, been fab. But I would say no issue at all. So if anybody in other time zones is thinking about doing it, it's just not, it's not an issue. Well, um, I'm I'm glad to hear that from you because if I were living in a different, you know, continent, I would have those thoughts for sure. I would totally be like, wait, is this going to work? Am I going to be able to do this? And I mean, we really do think about, you know, I would say that we have 
between probably five and 10 clients at any time that are outside of the, out of North America. But we think about all of you so much making sure, and what can we do? And can we, does that work for them? And I'm trying to make it work for everybody. So yes, we love that. That's so good. And, and like you said, you just realize like culturally, everybody's struggling with the same thing. And it really is. It really is. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay. Any final thoughts that you would offer to somebody who's struggling like you? If, you, if you're struggling, listen to the podcast, do the, the work because listening on its own isn't, isn't enough. But I, I've got absolutely no regrets about doing the program. And, you know, it's, it's been amazing. So definitely, definitely think about it. I've enjoyed it so much. I've actually signed up with the Life Coach School to do the certification. So it's just been the skills and, and the coaching. I think something that can apply to work with patients. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it at the end of it. but it's just, you know, trying to, to, to help other people see that it's their thoughts that are creating the, the feelings and, and such. It's just, just been really game changing. It's do it. <laughs> when I first signed up, I'm like, you know, I just want to like be able to teach my children, you know, like I don't want them to have to wait till they're 40 to find out their thoughts, create their feelings. You know, <laughs> That's what I had thought back in that, back in that time. So, oh, I love it. That's so great. And honestly, I think of that as like the biggest compliment, right? That you got such great results in the program that you thought, you know what, I want to do that too. And I don't even know how, but I'm going to do it at some point somehow. So. Oh my gosh. I don't know if you can hear my dog complaining in the background, but I think he's telling us that we're finished. So Lou, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. Uh, It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Ready to start making progress on your weight loss goals? For lots of free help, go to katrinaubellmd.com and click on free resources.